1: Hey, it's e. Sparky Fiverr, 1250 a.m. The fan. It's 55 past the hour. Time for another Milwaukee Sports time out from the Wendy's Studios. Uh, and don't forget, when the Bucks win, you win at Wendy's. After every Bucks win, stop by any participating Wisconsin Wendy's for a free small frosty. No purchase necessary. This offer is only good for 24 hours after win, so act fast and get that free small frosty at Wendy's. Uh, joining us now uh, is the Beat Rider for Boston College. He is Trevor Hess. You can follow him on Twitter at Trevor Hess, Hass H-A-S-S. Uh, and Trevor, I guess my first question is, were you as stunned and shocked as Packer fans when news came
0: out that Jeff Hafley was no longer
1: going to be the Boston College head coach?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. It was it was a pretty shocking development. Um, so BC kind of had momentum. They, they beat SMU in a Sunway Bowl uh, a few weeks ago, and it was kind of like, all right, let, let's take the next step here. Let's build this thing together. It was entering Halfley's fifth year, and they had a lot of continuity on the roster where most of the guys were coming back. They had their quarterback in Thomas Castellanos, the other offensive line, and it was kind of the year to take the next step next year. And then all of a sudden you look up and, whoa, 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 what is this report from Pete Thamel? He's gone. So it it was a pretty shocking development to the players. A lot of them tweeted out, like, you know, heartbroken emojis, that kind of stuff, where... That was their guy, and now he's gone, so it is what it is. This Milwaukee Sports Time Out
1: uh, is presented to you by the sports Sportsbook. Bet on all your favorite sports 24-7. Enjoy over 70 self-service kiosks, wall-to-wall TVs, free parking, great food, and a full bar. Bet big, bet bold. Learn more at PaysBig.com. Uh, let's talk about uh, schematically as far as uh, what you guys ran at Boston College. I-, I was trying to find as much as I could on YouTube. It looked like a 4-3, then it looked like a 4-2-5. Uh, what was kind of uh, the thoughts as far as what he wanted defensively?
0: Yeah, it was a 4-3 um, generally. So a lot of a lot of the principles that Halfley likes is kind of the, the defensive line and the secondary working in tandem. I think he's a guy who likes to blitz a lot, likes to get a lot of pressure on the quarterback um, and kind of wreak havoc that way. And the idea is that you know once the, the defense it brings pressure that the the secondary comes in and gets the interception. Um, it didn't necessarily work perfectly, to be honest. There were a lot of games where they got gashed last year, which I know is not what Packers fans want to hear. But uh, games against teams like Louisville and you know where where it just didn't really go as planned. But there were other games where it did look pretty good in the second half against Florida State. They nearly staged the upset, and the defense looked great in that game. So I think generally he's a guy who likes to you know bring pressure, play aggressively. Uh relies on the linebackers a lot. Um linebackers generally get lot the tackles for B C, which is not necessarily a great thing if the you know, the guy's getting back past the, the defensive line, but he's a guy who had some had some success but could have been more consistent. So I genuinely was surprised by the hire because he, he finished twenty two and twenty six at B C. Like I said, he had some momentum, but it wasn't necessarily like, you know, sparks were flying the whole tenure. It was a they were three and nine last year and it was kind of a would he come back kind of situation. So it, it's pretty impressive to me that he was able to, to get this job in my opinion.
1: It's all about context, right? You know Kyle Shanahan, you know Robert Sala. They are boys with Matt LaFleur of the Packers, and one thing leads to another, and now you're a defensive coordinator in the National Football League. Uh, As far as calling the defensive plays, based on what I saw, it didn't appear that he was calling defensive plays. Was he or wasn't he? He was not. See, and to me, that's a big thing for me because as a Packers fan, I don't want somebody coming in here trying to figure this out on the fly. I mean, he was co-defensive coordinator at Ohio State, uh, and now here he had, you know, co-defensive coordinators, but he himself uh, wasn't calling the defense. How much of a say did their coordinators get as far as what they were running versus what he wanted to run?
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
0: Yeah, I think it was definitely a mix. Um, you know, the coordinator changed a couple of times during his tenure, so I think it was kind of a, a, you know, on the fly situation where it would depend on who was there at a given time. But he obviously, you know, has some input with his background as a secondary coach. Um, I think that's the, the main area he would focus in. Um, you know, he would go around to practice to different, different parts of the field and talk to different coaches. But the secondary is, is certainly his area of expertise. He's coached guys like, you know, Richard Sherman and Logan Ryan, lots of guys, um, Jaron Harmon, many, many big names that fans will know. So. In terms of like his specialty, if you're looking for that, it's, it's certainly in the secondary. He has he's a lot of experience there.
1: Let's talk about the secondary, because that's something that drove Packer fans nuts for the last several years with Joe Barry as a defensive coordinator. Guys playing you know, 5, 10 yards off uh, of a wide receiver and it's pitch and catch moving down the field. Hell, Baker Mayfield had a perfect passer rating at Lambeau Field. That's when everybody in Green Bay wanted Joe Barry fired unanimously at that point. Uh, how do his corners play? How do his safeties play as far as their aggressiveness?
0: Yeah, they're pretty aggressive. Um, Elijah Jones was a guy, if you want to look look back at his film, um, he's a guy who could be drafted this year. He was a guy who had a really good year last year. Um, I think he kind of was the catalyst for that defense, especially in the secondary. So I think happily likes his guys to you know be ball hawks and kind of go after the ball. But at the same time, you don't want to be too aggressive. You want to find that balance where you, know, you, you play back and you wait for your opportunity, then you pounce at the right moment. So as I said previously, to be perfectly honest, the secondary was up and down. The past few years, it wasn't necessarily like it was outstanding, but It had its moments where, you know, in 2021, it was the number three past defense in the country, and they did have some positive strides there, but then they kind of regressed in 2022, and then this year it was a bit of a a plateau situation. So I think he, you know, he likes his guys to just be aggressive, but find that balance where it's not not too aggressive and kind of the sweet spot there.
1: I saw a video that was uh, floating around last night on social media from Richard Sherman when he was with the Niners, and he was praising how much he loved playing for Halfley and how prepared uh, Halfley had that secondary. What, What would you say are the strengths of Jeff Halfley?
0: I would say his biggest strength is his ability to, to relate to his players. I think he's an extremely personal guy and very approachable. Um, I think players really think of him as like, you know, a second father figure. Um, he, he really cares about his players and has deep relationships with them. So obviously that kind of pays more dividends in college generally than the NFL. But I do think it's important in the NFL where if, you know, guys are coming to work and they're putting in time, they want to know that their their guy has their back. So I think that's his best strength. Um, and then on the field, I would say, you know, his, his ability to go for it on fourth down um, was was pretty impressive last year. BC finished with the the most fourth down conversion and the highest percentage in the country. Obviously that's less important as a defensive coordinator, but I do think he has a mastery of uh, fourth down. So that's something to keep an eye on if, you know, the Packers have it on fourth and three or, you know, in or if another team has it on fourth and three and he's kind of defending that, I think he's really good at kind of managing those in-game situations where it's like they need X yards to, to go and, you get really good at stopping teams and, you know, getting it. So I think that's one of his strengths as well.
1: With the interview I saw on YouTube, I think it was Adam Brenman, the the, the hour-long interview, he seems like a pretty chill, laid-back guy. What is his personality like on the practice field uh, as far as, you know, is he a yeller and a screamer and a big emotional guy? Is he more of a chilled guy? Uh, What does that look like?
0: I would say he's a guy who just kind of soaks it all in and goes around, uh, you know, from unit to unit, and he's kind of, he's pretty laid back. Like you said, overall, he's, he's very chill um, and personable and kind of a friendly dude, but he's also like the kind of guy who, you know, if you do something wrong, he will, he will yell at you. He will kind of take it out on you, but he's not a guy who likes to get on his players too much. I would say less than the average coach in that sense. He's not necessarily, you know, ferocious. He's more of like a, we can do this. We can build this thing. We can get it going kind of guy. He's like a, all right, this may have been a step back, but we're, we're a family. We're together and we're going to build this thing. So He's the kind of guy who, you know, deals with setbacks. They, like I said, they had a 3-9 and nine season last year, and they were able to come back and go 7-6 and six this year, and that's pretty hard to do. Um, I feel like a lot of, you know, teams would have lost a lot of players from that team, but he really didn't. He got most of those guys back. So I think he's very good at building relationships and just very, very approachable, like I said earlier, and just very kind of the kind of guy who you want to play for because he truly cares about you and he values your opinion.
1: Let's talk about the Boston College coaching staff. Obviously, he's coming into a situation where Green Bay's coaches are all under contract to 2024 on the defensive side of the ball, and or through 2024, I should say. And he obviously can come in, keep everybody. I'm assuming if he wants to come in and make one or two changes, I would assume that Brian Goodenkunst and Matt LaFleur would be open to that suggestion as well. Uh, do you think there there is a guy or two maybe on that Boston College staff that he would like to have with him?
0: Uh, it's possible. I think that will be interesting to see what happens here because I feel like, you know, Halfley is in the driver's seat now, but I feel like BC also could potentially hire internally. So I think it'll be interesting to see who, who goes, who stays from that sense. Um, so there is Azar Abdul-Rahim who just signed a coach, who's now coaching from Maryland. If you could potentially coach him, it's unlikely that Azar would leave if he just, you know, went to Maryland. Uh, let me just look through the coaching staff here. Make sure I get you an accurate and answer. And that guy that second. you,
1: that coach you brought up, he coached uh, Darnell Savage, uh, Packers safety, who's yep. going to be a free agent when he was at Maryland, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I'd say one name to keep an eye on is Vince Ogilbasi, the defensive line coach. Um, he's a guy, the defensive line played very well this season. Um, it became, you know, strength after it was a weakness in the past year, so I would say he's a name to keep an eye on. Um, Sean Duggan, co-defensive coordinator and linebackers coach, um, another guy who Halfley knows really well and trusts, so. I would say those are two names if I had to just look down the list. I I, honestly, I, I probably don't see that happening, but, but I, it could. So those are two names I'd keep an eye on.
1: Awesome. He is Trevor Hass again, a, the Boston uh, College beat writer for The Boston Globe. follow him on Twitter, at Trevor Haas. It's H-A-S-S. Uh, and uh, I'm sure if you tweet at him any questions, he'll probably respond to you as well. Trevor, thanks so much for coming on and joining me, man. I really appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,